bullet counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. There ain't no second place in a Lambo, it's a whole new game. You either go big, go hard, or go on back home. You got to feel it in your gut, you better want it in your bones. Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. This is Wags, and with me as always is Dane. NFC Championship Game Edition. Dane, how you doing, man? Pinch me. Is this real, Wags? This is the NFC Championship Game, and the Green Bay Packers are back, baby. Yeah, it doesn't happen every year, right? I think (laughs) we've been saying that um, ever since the game last week got over. Uh, We've been hearing it from all the players and coaches in the uh, Packers locker room all week so far. Uh, the veterans preaching to the young guys don't take this moment for granted and I think it's a good time for us uh, to preach to fellow fans don't take this time for granted right Dan yeah I mean we've been saying it you've been saying it Uh, I think you said in our last podcast uh, you know throw it out now right Uh, we're not we're not playing for for you know six weeks down the road eight weeks down the road the reality of the situation is that we're 60 minutes away from the Super Bowl we need to be the best we've been for 60 minutes on Sunday I'm not worried about what's happening in April right now it's can we beat the other team I don't care how talented they are how untalented they are whatever Right now, can you be better than the guys across from you for 60 minutes? And if you can, you go to the Super Bowl. And that is a prize we have been waiting for for almost 10 years, Wags, to be back in this thing. And I, it's so close, I can almost taste it. I've, I've had anxiety all week. I've been nervous. Uh, I haven't been watching a lot of the hype. But what we do know is we know who we're getting. We're getting a heck of a football team in the San Francisco 49ers. We're flying out there. The, de- the deck is a little bit stacked against us right now, but I think that's just what this team and this personality of this team wants. Yeah, and so just to kind of give a little bit of overall framework of what we're looking at, uh, certainly the 49ers, uh, as everyone knows, uh, earned the number one seed this year, and um, I-, I think uh, definitely earned it in impressive fashion uh, in addition to that first meeting where they uh, really got out in front of the Packers and, and that game got away from us a little bit. Uh, they were able to um, go into New Orleans and, and secure a victory. Um, they had an impressive outing in, in that divisional round uh, against the Minnesota Vikings last week, certainly a team that uh, us Packer fans are well acquainted with. Um, and, and despite the hatred, uh, we know how talented that um, uh, Minnesota Vikings team can be as well. Uh, and, and then this was also a team that was able to uh, close out the regular season by going into Seattle and getting a win. And we just saw how difficult Russell Wilson could make our lives. So um, uh, impressive overall uh, all year. And uh, so it's you're absolutely right. It's going to take a, a top notch effort. Um, Packers historically have have faced the 49ers and won four times in the playoffs against the 49ers. And um, I'm just kind of going back in history to the, our, our Super Bowl runs in 96 and 97 seasons. We were able to beat the 49ers in Lambeau in the divisional round in 96. 
and then we uh, faced the 49ers in San Francisco. Same deal. Uh, Packers number two seed, 49ers number one seed in 97, um, and we were able to dispatch them in the rain. Um, so uh, let's hope for kind of a similar outcome uh, to the last time we had uh, these stakes and, and we were in San Francisco for an NFC championship game. Yeah, and, and you speak to to that, and then since then, we've had some trouble. Uh, we, we had trouble against uh, San Francisco, that Terrell Owens touchdown to knock the Packers uh, out of the playoffs. I believe that was Darren Sharper's rookie year. He, he wasn't able to get over the top quick enough, and uh, Terrell Owens beats the Pack. And then a game that you and I, Wags, remember very well because we were there, a Colin Kaepernick-led San Francisco 49ers team went into Lambeau and, and beat us on a real cold day at Lambeau Field now uh, a few years ago. Uh, so we had them in the 90s for the most part. Uh, they've had us a little bit here uh, more recently. Um, I, I was trying to repress those memories, Dane, and wasn't bringing them up. <laughs> but all, all the more reason, Wags, that I think that this game is setting up to be something uh, very sweet and very special because I feel like this is the we, we took care of business against Seattle. We took care of business against the Minnesota Vikings and the rest of the NFC North this year. And truly, the last team that has given us real trouble for years and years and years have been the San Francisco 49ers. And for us to go there and play them and play them tough would really be a satisfying end to the playoffs leading into the Super Bowl. Yeah, um, and and I can't uh, tell you that I remember that last game in 97, or not the last game, but that 97 NFC Championship game with perfect clarity. I do remember parts of it. Um, it was not a particularly close game, um, but... If it plays out like that, uh, the Packers got a 27-yard touchdown from Brett Favre to Antonio Freeman. They sacked Steve Young four times in the fourth quarter. Uh, and Dorsey Levens set a then-franchise playoff record with 114 yards and capped that off with a five-yard touchdown round in the fourth quarter as well. So they were able to get a 23-10 to victory. I expect this game will be a little bit closer uh, either way. Uh, but um, that's kind of a, a good blueprint. It, it just on paper, that's uh, a lot of the things that you look at and say, well, that kind of plays to the strengths of what this team can do. Uh, so uh, certainly I, I wouldn't uh, be very disappointed at all uh, if the game kind of swung in that direction. Yeah, I mean, looking back a few weeks ago when the Packers had that tough loss in San Fran, um, these are different teams at this point in the year. Um, since then, I feel like the Packers defense has really regrouped. Uh, some might say that since that San Francisco game, the defenses look a lot better. And uh, I think that uh, they, uh, some of the players have even said that they've, they've learned from that game. Uh, San Francisco's starting center went on injured reserve uh, since then. Um, so, so that's just a significant injury on San Francisco's side. Um, but the point is, is at that point in the year, um, people were thinking maybe the Packers were going to start trending down. The 49ers look to be cream of the crop. Um, since then, the Packers have played, I think, some pretty good football. They've played some uneven football at times, but they've won an awful lot of games in that time frame. And uh, San Francisco 49ers have looked really, really good. 
but they also laid an egg at home against the Atlanta Falcons and almost lost to Seattle um, uh, in week 17. So San Francisco, very good football team. They're favored in this game, but Wags, they are not undestructible and they are not uh, unbeatable. They can be beat. Yeah, and that's a really good point about the players taking ownership. Uh, I just, you know, I was uh, reading about some of the things that um, the team has done when they've been at some crossroad points this year. And one of the things that they did um, after that San Francisco game is they asked the video staff and the coaches to put together um, a basically not a highlight reel tape, but just a tape of, of all of the big plays of 20 yards or more that the defense has given up um, throughout that point of the season. And they said it was really painful, but they kind of came together and realized that they may have been making some assumptions, some right, some wrong um, between some of the players and position groups. Uh, and uh, uh, since then, um, they've become much more vocal. Coach Patton and the staff has really emphasized that and uh, being a loud defense over communicating. And they've actually reduced their big plays. It's not just um, what we're seeing on the field, uh, but on paper we're seeing too. They've reduced the number of big plays they've given up by uh, over 50% uh, since that San Francisco game. And the number of touchdowns from those big plays has dropped off significantly. So, um, you know, you're not going to eliminate 20 yard or more plays entirely. The other team plays football too. Uh, that's that is part of the game, but um, the way that this defense is taking ownership, and I think Coach Patton said it all. Um, he said that he's heard a quote before, and I'm paraphrasing: "Bad teams have no leaders. Okay teams, the coaches leads." And the teams that have a chance to be really, really good is where the players have ownership. And I think that's where we have definitely been setting ourselves apart this year. Started on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that has definitely transferred over to the offensive uh, side of the ball as well. Yeah, and this game is going to, I think, really depend on this talented Green Bay Packer defense wags and uh, I think that something that we're going to need to key in on immediately early and often with San Francisco is the run game uh, their run game when they get going they are absolutely uh, dangerous and I mean it, it starts with that those running backs really I mean they've got Tevin Coleman uh, they've got uh, Raheem Mozart They've got a Matt Breda. They've got a lot of different guys that they can throw at you that can run the ball. I saw last week, I think a lot of people thought Moser was going to get the ball. Uh, Tevin Coleman ends up being a guy who's carrying the ball an awful lot and making a lot of plays. Um, so if we're not able to stop the run against the 49ers, it's going to be a very, very long game. Uh, that being said, the Packers defense, the defensive line, the guys in the, the so-called front seven, I think have been doing a very stellar job lately. And I mentioned earlier the uh, the uh, injury to the starting center for San Francisco uh, about a month ago. Um, Kenny Clark has truly been playing, I think now, maybe the best football of his entire career over the last four or five weeks. Uh, he needs to keep that going. We said last week against Seattle that Kenny Clark may be the guy that, it, that this whole 
whole game's dependent on. And again, I think this week, if Kenny Clark is able to make life very difficult for the 49ers offensive line, he's able to get positive push. He's able to be physical and out physical the Niners, something the Niners line was able to out physical the Packers the first time we played them. If Clark can hit him in the mouth early and often, I think it starts with him this week. And uh, if we're able to do that and we're able to get them into second and longs, third and longs, now we're cooking because our our pass rush lately has been absolutely phenomenal and Garoppolo cannot scramble the same way that Russell Wilson can. Uh, But again, it starts on first down and it might end on first down this week. So Dane, I I think that's a really good point. What do you think then? Is this uh, a 49ers run game? Uh, a something that this defense will be able to slow down is that what they want to do is that what they want to take away um and can they or do you think maybe as some have pointed out letting them try to run a lot um, limits the number of opportunities some of these dangerous uh pass catchers uh, have uh, namely George Kittle uh in the past game yeah no it's a, I mean you're speaking to how talented this Niners team is right that they have this uh, phenomenal run game and a ton of weapons in their pass game uh, however I thought uh late in the third and, and then going into the fourth quarter this past week we saw the Packers D line uh, start to get worn down a little bit they had been on the field an awful lot in the second half with Russell Wilson running all around the field uh, so I think this week, Wags, uh, I'm not Coach Patton, uh, but my game plan would be to stop that run early uh, and then uh, start to bring some pressure on Garoppolo because what we've seen this year is when Garoppolo has the play action, when he has a little bit of time, he can make the throws. However, when we get a little bit of pass rush on him and teams are able to do that, they make him a little uncomfortable. Uh, that's when he's prone to taking sacks, turning the football over, and doing all sorts of things. And I think the Packers are going to need to get one or two defensive takeaways to win this game. That's the key to me. Is Jimmy Garoppolo good enough and the, the pass catchers he's throwing to you, are they good enough to pick up some big plays and really hurt you? Absolutely. But... I don't want this uh, 49er run game to be the focal point of their offense um, because, look, Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball 19 times against the 49ers. He was 11 of 19 for 131 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. If I told you that before the game, you would probably think that that would have been a pretty close game if not a Vikings victory. Absolutely. And the Vikings got dominated. Um, The 49ers rushed the ball 46 times uh, in this game. Uh, You just can't allow them. They will just keep wearing and grinding and pushing on you. Um, And they're not afraid to punt the ball and allow their defense to do work and make stops and go right back out there and keep running the ball right at you until you just get worn out. And I think that was Part of what happened in this first outing against the uh, the 49ers is uh, the, the offense on Packers really had no answer. The defense held it together as long as they could, um, especially considering uh, we spotted them seven points right off the bat uh, with that fumble by Aaron Rodgers. But um, you just simply cannot allow the 49ers to just play defense, punt, and keep running the ball because uh, they're eventually going to win some of those uh, battles and uh, get down the field and get them position position to score not only that if they're pick, picking up you know four or five yards a pop in the run game 
that's that's just unlocking George Kittle even more, uh, in my opinion. If you're uh, uh, doing that now, you've got to come up with some type of answer in that game of chess to try to do anything you can to slow down this run game and get them out of that. And now that's when they go to the play action. Um, and uh, we know how much this defense, uh, although we've seen some tremendous growth uh, at in the second half of the season and, and even at times and early in the season tight ends is, is not a, uh, a spot where we've, uh, you know, uh, done very well, <laughs> especially against premium tight ends in this league. So, uh, it, it's gotta be a big concern. And, uh, so to me, I think you hit it on the head. We've got to have Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, throwing the ball 30 plus times in this game. And that might mean that they make some plays and score up some points. But the more he's throwing the ball, the more opportunities we have to knock him down uh, and take the ball away, as you said so perfectly. Um, and not only that, if they have to throw the ball, that probably means that we're doing the right thing on the offensive side of the ball as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Garoppolo, uh, I, I, I laughed. I was reading uh, Packer Wire's, uh, the website, and they were doing a, a scouting, a bit of a scouting report on the Niners. And I thought that they... They hit the nail on the head. They said Jimmy Garoppolo goes blind a couple times a game. And I think I think that that's just a uh, astute way to look at it. He will throw the ball into coverage where I think 49er fans start scratching their head. They're like, what did he see? The more often he has to throw the ball, the more opportunities there's going to be for him to make those throws. And that's where this Packer defense can absolutely swarm and attack. Um, they're not going to get tired running the ball wags. If they're, you're right, if they're getting four or five yards of carry between the three backs that they have, they're not going to get tired. And those offensive linemen, they take pride in staying on that field and running it down uh, opposing defense's throat. But if it's second and nine, and third and seven, third and six even, uh, I like our odds because that is absolutely not what the 49ers want to be doing. Uh, and and it's very clear against the Vikings, the fact that Garoppolo didn't throw the ball very much. Sure, he didn't need to, but clearly they didn't want him to have to do that either. So let's put them into position to do the things they don't want to do. And that's where I think we're going to have the most success uh, as a Packer defense. Yes, yeah, so absolutely. So I think we're uh, in pretty strong agreement there. It's it's forcing Jimmy Garoppolo um, to be more involved uh, in this game, one way or the other. And uh, look, the Packers are going to have to score some points to win this game. Uh, but uh, the more that Jimmy uh, is having to throw the football, I think uh, the better that bodes for the Packers. Dan, let's talk, talk some contingency plans um, uh, for this Packers defense against the 49ers offense. We know that it's going to be significantly important and improve our chances a lot if we had, aren't playing from behind. If the 49ers get out in front early, what adjustments do you think the Packers are going to need to have in their back pocket to be able to slow them down and give the offense a chance to get back in the game? Uh, because uh, if that, uh, we, what we don't want to have happen is what happened last time is we get down early and we have no answer at all. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And I think that's something that these guys have absolutely been looking at. I heard Devontae Adams quote, obviously star wide receiver, uh, talking about the adjustments that the offense has made uh, and how they think that they found a way to attack the 49ers defense and how excited he was about that. Uh, I expect that to also be the case for Coach Pettin uh, on the, the Packers defensive side of the ball. Um, Wags, I expect a, a fair number of defensive linemen to be suited up and active um, uh, this week. I know that this past week, uh, Montrevious Adams only ended up getting 13 snaps. That might go up a little bit. Um, he's really started to uh, become the fourth lineman uh, in this defense after Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Tyler Lancaster. But wouldn't be surprised to see the Packers um, throwing out a little bit more big bodies uh, this week than usual. Uh, I expect B.J. Goodson to be active and suited up. I know that last week, again, we saw that as well, that uh, both Goodson and Blake Martinez were on the field at the same time. I would expect that as well. So I expect the Packers to go a little bit bigger early. And, and one of the reasons I think that they're able to do that is that the cornerback play for the Packers lately I think has been pretty darn good I think Jair Alexander has played some really nice football Kevin King I actually like our matchups with the wide receivers on the outside for the 49ers it's really that tight end position uh, as you mentioned earlier that causes probably the greatest amount of concern and uh, that's why I think if we're able to stop that run early uh, that's where we're able to maybe bring in an extra defensive back or two uh, a couple less big bodies a couple smaller bodies in there and then we're able to match up the way we want to match up with Kittle and I think that that's not going to be necessarily with a linebacker I think that can be with a you know a, a number of different guys it could be Amos it could be um, it could be Tremont Williams it could be Shandon Sullivan uh, it could be Campbell uh, you know maybe Raven Green makes a surprise uh, activation I mean the Packers are going to have the guys uh, to throw at them and I think that that's probably the best benefit that we have on a defense is we have a lot of talent talented guys and a lot of different looks that they can give us yeah and for me I think it's going to all start up front Uh, can this uh, defensive line get pressure on Garoppolo uh, without having to send extra um, guys from the second and third level if they're able to do that and this is a talented um, uh, 49ers I'm sorry offensive line uh, they didn't have Joe Staley last time in that matchup either so um, we're gonna see a 49ers team that um, actually was a little bit banged up in the last meeting uh, that is uh, at full health Um, we didn't talk about the 49ers defense a little bit but uh, they're gonna have D Ford and Quan Alexander back um, who were not suited up in the last outing either so um, not only did we get beat pretty badly they were missing some of their key players um, on both sides of the line Uh, so uh, this defensive line is going to have to come ready to play um, and get get some pressure on Garoppolo because the danger is is if you send extra guys and they're in a play action if you don't get home now you're really exposing yourself um, to some of those guys on the outside or across the middle and uh, certainly if the communication's better and we aren't leaving uh, guys out in space, that makes uh, the throw and catch a little bit more challenging. So it's not like, uh, you know, uh, Garoppolo's an inaccurate quarterback, but um, at least make them have to put it right on a spot uh, is key in those situations uh, because 
uh, if, if you're sending an extra man, that means one less person, perhaps over the top, uh, to provide some help or support. So um, it, to, to me, uh, the adjustment would come in if we're down early. We may have to just roll the dice and take a few extra risks that we would prefer not to, um, just to try to do anything we can to get them in longer down and distance situations or perhaps uh, force a turnover, uh, some extra run blitzes, et cetera, um, to, to get them into some more third and longs and, and give our defense a chance to get off the field and offense back out there right away uh, and get the chance to get some points and get back in the ball game. Yeah, their offensive tackles are both studs as far as I'm concerned. You mentioned uh, Staley. Uh, McGlinchey as well is just a really nice offensive tackle for them. He's a rookie, I believe, last year. Uh, was a, a rookie, you know, all pro, whatever title you want to give the guy. He was just a heck of a rookie last year for them. Um, but um, I really think that our best opportunity, Wags, to, to bring pressure and that's going to cause a Garoppolo for trouble is right up the middle. I really think that that's um, their their weak spots more in the guard play than it is at the tackle play, and um, and you know sometimes the best way to bring pre- bring pressure against a guy who uh, isn't very mobile is to bring the heat right up the middle, um, and I think that that's where we're going to see our opportunities, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Coach Petton bring some stunts in and um, and and just try to confuse Garoppolo a little bit with some different looks and bring some different guys um, as needed uh, to, to to try to get home and hit the quarterback. We saw Petten last week on that two-point conversion uh, bring Jair, Jair Alexander, who played it perfectly, by the way, Wags. Like, he, he, uh, he, he sold it like he was kind of like slouching at the line. Ball snapped. He waited a tick and then went and hit the quarterback. So this week, I expect a little bit more of that, maybe not from the outside corner position, but from right up the middle. Yeah, and that could be from Blake Martinez, too, who... Um you know, uh, has been, I think, playing better football um, the last uh, five, six weeks. I, I know that I personally have gotten on him quite a bit, uh, both on the podcast and more so off uh, a lot this <laughs> season. Um, but uh, he's still, you know, his strength is is uh, not to be in coverage. So it would make sense to, to bring him um, uh, on occasion. Uh, the one thing we have to be careful about with that is, uh, this uh, 49ers team does have a strong screen game. So when we bring Blake on those stunts, we need to make sure that uh, whatever guys are dropping back um, in those uh, situations uh, – retain gap responsibility and are, are staying on their reads uh, because uh, if uh, they are able to get their linemen out in front of them and, and their running backs in space and uh, we're kind of in no man's land, uh, that could really expose us for some of those additional big plays as well. Um, so in, in any event, uh, it's all going to come down to communication. Um, it's all going to come down to, uh, I think, really our 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 players just executing and, and playing uh, the type of football that we uh, know they're capable of and that we've seen, um, especially I thought last week, um, being able to hold everything together when Russell Wilson was just doing some ridiculous things in that second half. Um, it's easy to pick on the defense and, and say, well, you know, they let him get back into the game, but I'm more – giving them credit and saying that they were able to come up and be resilient and make some big plays when they had to. And guess what, folks? 
we're not facing Russell Wilson this week. Uh, the 49ers uh, give us their own set of challenges, but uh, mobility uh, at the quarterback position is, is not uh, really one of the things that we're going to have to be as concerned about. So um, if, if we can get the same level of pressure or even uh, – I goodness 75 percent of the pressure we were getting uh, with our front four uh this week uh, i really like our chances uh, to be able to hold this 49ers offense in check wags let's move to the the 49er defensive side of the ball the packers offense um last week aaron Rodgers. that the stats didn't look great but he looked like the aaron Rodgers we all know and love i thought that he just played lights out um the majority of the game was really impressive this week he's going to need to do that again and and uh and the the rest of the offense is going to uh need to continue this upward trajectory it seems like last week they got hot right when we needed them and i'm hoping that this can carry over into the nfc championship game yeah i some might disagree but i actually thought that was aaron's best game of the season uh he was i agree he was nine for 11 on third down and the throws that he was making were just so on point. And we said before that game, it wasn't going to be Aaron Rodgers' vintage performance throwing for five touchdowns and 400 yards that we were looking for. What he gave us was exactly what I was hoping he would do, and that was to come up and make clutch throws in big moments and to uh, keep the offense on the field uh, in those third-down situations. Uh, he was able to do that early in the game that led to scoring opportunities he was able to do that late in the game and that obviously iced it uh and they were able to to get the victory in the end so um when we're making those types of plays on third down um 64 on third down last week against the seahawks uh that is where we're really going to make hay uh with this offense because uh now we can get down into the red zone and, and we've been good down there all year so uh for me um yeah we need to get Aaron Jones uh, a lot of touches again this week and his per yard averages weren't that great uh, against the Seahawks but he got touches uh, he was able to convert uh, get a couple of touchdowns um, and uh, they kept him involved and I think that's what's what's so important uh, is we can't uh, stray from what our strengths are and uh, that's it's, it's going to be so incumbent on this offensive line to keep running the ball uh, against this 49ers defense because uh, if they are able to just pin their ears back like they did last time, uh, we're in trouble uh, because uh, uh, if Aaron doesn't have time to throw and we aren't running the ball, we really have nothing left at that point. You said it. You said it all right there. It's the offense and defensive lines for the Packers are going to win this game. Uh I think the 49ers have the best pass rush and the best defensive line in all of football this year. Uh, D Ford, Sheldon Day, DeForest Bunkner, uh, Eric Armstead, of course, Nick Bosa, uh, Solomon Thomas, Kevin Givens. I mean, they can rotate guys in. Uh, they can they they out physical almost every team uh, that they can that they play. I think one of the reasons that Seattle was able to stay in it so long, week seventeen, is exactly what Packer fans saw uh, the the second round here, the playoffs, was that he's almost impossible to bring down at times, and he's kind of a magician back there uh, in the pocket and it makes you know the 
pocket for himself at times. Um, but but this pass rush for San Francisco is absolutely relentless. Uh, they stopped the run well. I think that um, that's less of a strength than their pass rush. I think that if we can get Aaron Jones going even a little bit, just enough to keep these guys a little bit more honest, um, that's where uh, the Packers are going to be able to capitalize on this 49er defense. But Wags, to your point, I think it starts, it lives and dies really with uh, with the offensive line. Can they keep Aaron Rodgers up? And are the Green Bay Packers game planning, knowing that they're going to have to get that football out of Rodgers' hands very quickly at times and keep the chains moving? Yeah, the hard thing is, is if all you're doing is making quick, short throws, that makes it a lot easier to defend uh, in a pass game because now they, they're able to come up and play physical at the line of scrimmage. And aside from Devontae Adams, Packers uh, uh, wide receivers and tight ends are not – exactly you know super strong getting off the line of scrimmage um at, so if they get physical a little bit uh it, you're gonna have some concern with are they getting open and even if they do and we make a catch uh if they're all closing in on the football because we're not able to beat them vertically uh that's gonna be a challenge so uh, the hard thing is is are we going to be able to not only uh, give Aaron Rodgers time to throw, but give him time to throw at times more vertically and downfield than we were able to in that first matchup? Uh, what I saw a lot from that and remember vividly from that first matchup was they were just so beaten up front that all they could really do was throw some uh, you know quick out and slip screens um, particularly to Adams he had I think like 10 catches for 37 or 42 yards uh, and, and I mean that per yard uh, yards per catch and yards per attempt were so low uh, because uh, they weren't able to get the ball pushed downfield in the passing game uh, so that's what the other part of getting the run game going does is now they've got to honor that a little bit more that keeps them kind of from coming all out up the middle or on the edges uh, and that's going to give Aaron Rodgers just a tad more time uh, to get rid of the football and the receivers to get downfield and make their routes and make their breaks yep the good news here from an offensive line standpoint is I think Corey Lindsley is coming prepared this time around I thought he had a really tough go of it the last time we played them uh, but he knows what to expect also Brian Balaga who missed uh, the game due to illness last week is a uh, scheduled to be back my understanding is that he practiced today um, and even if he's unable to last the entire game for some reason uh, Jared Valdir has played phenomenal football last time we had light out there at the right tackle position and I thought he was just overmatched uh, most of the game against San Fran this time with Valdir uh, as our primary backup a phenomenal signing by by Goody um, he's been such an addition but um, I have a lot of confidence in this offensive line uh, to a man uh, this time it's just a different game wags I think it's a different team right now than it was before uh, I think that this team uh, a lot of this year we were talking about what's the identity of this team I think we're learning that the identity of this team is just a bunch of scrapping guys that love playing for each other and um, and some weeks one guy picks it up another week somebody else picks it up uh, but this week I think it's the offensive line's time for some redemption keeping Aaron Rodgers upright and I think that these guys are going to be able to do enough to win the game but it's going to be all 11 men on the field at the same time are going to be the playmakers of this game yeah and what I would really like to see for the short 
short passing game because we are going to need some outlets and some short passes in this game. There's no doubt about that. Is for that to come from our running backs and our tight ends. Uh, and and sure, uh, we may have some short passes to the receivers too, but not exclusively. And so um, it will be interesting to see if we utilize uh, Tunyon a, a few more uh, looks, um, if Jimmy Graham continues to get um, some looks and, and can come up with a, another big game uh, building off of last week, uh, and perhaps even Mercedes Lewis. Uh, he, he uses that big body. He doesn't have the speed that he used to. He was never a burner to begin with, uh, but if he He's able to kind of just run that, you know, four or five yard out pattern, use his big hands uh, and just go up and snatch the football. That's kind of keeping some pressure on those speedy 49er linebackers to have to stay on the edge on those assignments and not sheet up to play the run or come up and and really put pressure in the pass game. So uh, I think there's a little that would be a one chess move uh, that I would expect to see from this offense. And let's talk about this tight end position for the Packers because I thought something that was really noteworthy from last week was just uh, the pure snap count of the tight end position. Last week against Seattle, Mercedes Lewis played 42 snaps, followed by Jay Sternberger at 28. Jimmy Graham only played 24 snaps, and then Robert Tunyon with 21. So all four tight ends were playing different positions or were, were, were cycling in. Jay Sternberger played more snaps than normal because Danny Vitale was down. But I thought it was remarkably noteworthy that Mercedes Lewis got the bulk of the snaps running the football. But Jimmy Graham, though he while he only played 24 snaps, I thought he made those 24 snaps count. He had huge plays on third down this last week. Um, so Wags, um, as we're as we're looking this week, uh, do you expect a similar snap count where maybe you're not util or you're not playing Jimmy Graham as many snaps but when he's in you're utilizing him to move the chains yeah because we need our best blockers out there um, so I think you need to use Jimmy Graham situationally uh, and let him uh, be in situations where he can play to his strengths. Um, so I, I wouldn't expect that to change. I, I think they've really figured that out over the second half of the season, um, and they're utilizing their personnel uh, much better. We're not seeing Jimmy Graham out there trying to uh, pass block against uh, the opposing defensive end. That's not a situation that we really want to be in. No, now it's Jake Coomer. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, certainly. Um, one one other little thing that I just building on my last point with the running backs getting the pass uh, involvement. Uh, we haven't seen Jamal Williams be as involved as a pass catcher um, in recent weeks. And I really think that that would be one other way to be able to utilize him and uh, put a little bit of, of pressure on this 49ers defense. Getting him out in some space, uh, perhaps with some uh, blockers in front of him and a full head of steam, uh, I think would uh, uh, be a good utilization. Uh, he, early in the season, we saw him do some uh, screens and, and a few wheel routes. Uh, um, mostly it's been Aaron Jones, and I think for good reason on those wheel routes. Um, so I don't think that will change. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jamal Williams. He's, he's gotten dinged up here a few times in recent weeks as well. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see him involved as a pass catcher a little bit more. Um, he's such a good pass blocker. Uh, that uh, having him in there uh, to help uh, when there's extra pressure or to be able to assist 
first. And then if the offensive line is in position and containing and has a good pocket, now he can kind of just release and be that side outlet or option for Aaron. And so I, I think we might see a few extra catches from Jamal Williams this week. Um, and uh, hopefully he's able to turn one or two of those into a, a nice big game. I like that. I I, I would agree with you. I I think it's not just going to be the Aaron Jones show this week. Uh, Jamal Williams, this has the feel of the kind of game where, I'll tell you what, if Jamal Williams is getting some touches this week, I think it's it's a good sign for the Packers offense. That means we're probably mixing both the Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams in. Uh, And then now, all of a sudden, the third running back that's also getting touches, uh, Swerving Tyler Irvin, uh, this kid, every time he touches the ball, it looks like he shot out of a cannon. Uh, he had two touches last week for 25 yards. Um, and I, what I liked about what they were doing there is uh, he, he did these kind of like jet sweep carries. And uh, what they're doing and what I think Coach LaFleur is doing there is just giving the team another look, right? He's giving uh, he's giving uh, uh, the, the opposing defense just another wrinkle that they're going to have to follow. And Wags, I wouldn't be surprised to see a fake to Tyler Irvin this week on one of those jet street sweeps and see if something else can come out of that empty out the kitchen sink Dane love it <laughs> whatever we have to do in this one I feel like we're going to though yeah, I, I do it's got yeah, that I feeling. mean don't don't get too cute but at the same time whatever we need to do and and I agree I mean there's a lot of speed on this 49ers defense so those jet sweeps can be particularly difficult especially uh if uh, their initial uh defensive end makes the right read but um at the same time if you're even able to just pick up a few yards uh, that can keep them honest again it's kind of like I mentioned earlier that's such a good point Dane with uh, using the tight ends to to keep those linebackers um, out in space and and kind of having to play the edges uh, and the sidelines if you're able to keep these guys having to be accountable to all of the pre-snap motion that the Packers are going to be throwing at uh, this defense, uh, that can slow them down just a hair, and that's really all you need to do uh, at times to be able to have the time that you need uh, to execute whatever play you have out there. Looking at the defensive backs for the 49ers, they've got some talent, but I think the guy that really sticks out to me is Richard Sherman. Um, He's still just playing really good football for them. Uh, Something about him, though, over the course of his career, he doesn't seem to follow the team's number one receiver as much. He kind of takes his side of the field. Um, I think that that gives the Packers extra opportunity uh, for Devontae Adams. And uh, um, we were joking in our, our little Packer text group that our friends are all in. Uh, about, uh, you know, Devontae Adams this week. And, you know, the fact of the matter is, is if he's open, throw him the ball. Um, And, uh, you know, I I see a scenario this week where uh, probably the most vulnerable guy on the the defensive backs for the 49ers is Witherspoon, their right cornerback. And uh, I expect the Packers to move Devontae around a bit, put him in the slot, put him outside, have him do what he needs to do. But I think that the Packers are really going to try to put the the best players in the best possible uh, position to make play. And uh, the other positive, I thought, is that it looks like Alan Lazard was practicing this week, uh, went down, wasn't able to play uh, that that second half against Seattle. So um, I was kind of holding my breath, uh, you know, uh, looking at the injury report. And I'm so happy to see that Lazard seems to be trending in the right direction because I think it's all hands on deck on Sunday. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's really interesting when you go down and look at this uh, defense of the 49ers. Uh, you just look at that uh, linebacker trio. I mean, um, young group, but uh, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, uh, and Quan Alexander. Quan's the, the veteran of the group, uh, certainly. But uh, just tons of physicality, lots of speed, um, and and they they are just some uh, a talented overall uh, unit. We've seen better individual linebackers um, on some opposing defenses, but as a trio, I don't know if it gets much better than that. No, and Fred Warner doesn't get the name recognition. I don't think enough because he can he can cover really well as well as come up and fill the hole, shed blockers, does a little bit of everything. Uh, so just a guy to look out for. I'm sure that Rod is going to be watching out for him on number 54 for the Niners quite a bit this week because uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the guys that matches up with Aaron Jones and the running backs out of the backfield. So uh, somebody that Rodgers will be keeping an eye on uh, almost certainly throughout that game. Yeah, so what are some things, you know, I, I... I was watching a lot of that Vikings game last week, and they tried to do some screens, and none of them worked. None of them worked, right? And they kept they kept trying, and I mean, Cook's numbers, I don't know them off the top of my head, but they were not very good last week. No, but I mean, the speed and, and what they were doing at that second level, the screens, it's all about the linebackers. Um, you know, you think about, oh, you know, the defensive line, and you, a defensive line can make, I mean, can make a, a play and di- disrupt a screen. There's no doubt about it, but it's all about... Uh, getting the linebackers out of position and then being able to just kind of do a crack block as you get those linemen and offensive linemen upfield. And uh, so, but uh, the, these, these 49er linebackers were just making uh, the Vikings offensive line look silly. They were just carving through them like butter. Uh, and uh, you know, they weren't able to make anything happen in the screen game. So I don't know if that's something that the Packers will try to do, or it can be more successful with, but certainly you need to try to do something to keep uh, that, that second level of the 49ers off balance. Uh, and so you mentioned earlier jet sweep. Uh, that's potentially something it's hard to still beat them uh, from a speed stand standpoint, uh, perhaps, uh, you know, some additional, uh, I, I dare say, um, not exclusively, but uh, it would be interesting to see if we, we go and have a, a few more um, four wide receiver sets um, and try to just spread them out a little bit uh, and uh, perhaps create a, a mismatch that way as well. Uh, if that's something that Jimmy Graham, we've seen line up outside a, a lot more uh, in the last four or five weeks. So that, that might be something else to be looking for. I, I, I'm a little, I'd be a little bit concerned about uh, that type of personnel in a third and long situation, but um, in the right uh, yard um, uh, right yardage and, and the right um, part of the field that might be something that we're able to do to get some mismatches uh, and able to get the ball out of Aaron's hands as well yeah and you know looking uh, a couple of the games uh, that the Niners played uh, more recently than not I mean I look at that Falcons game wags and you know the Falcons weren't really able to get the ball going all that well uh, Freeman ended up with 12 touches for you know 39 yards Matt Ryan actually was their second leading rusher uh, but what stood out to me was that Julio Jones 
had 134, a couple touchdowns, and then a couple other guys had, you know, three, five catches, 20 yards here, there. But, you know, that starts to gut a team, right? I mean, I see two or three catches for 30 yards. I go, okay, that's a couple first downs, right? That they're able to move the chains. And then you have one guy that had a monster game. And then I, you know, I look at that Seattle game against the Niners week 17. Niners win that game, but a case could have been made that Seattle, they were on the doorstep, right? They had that uh, delay of game near the end that kind of put a fork in them a little bit. Uh, But even in that game, you know, Homer, who is not the most talented back on the planet for Seattle, uh, hardworking guy, but, you know, he had 62 yards. Marshawn Lynch had 34 yards off the street. But again, through the air, DK Metcalf, 81 yards and a touchdown, Lockett, 51 and a touchdown. And then I had a couple other guys, running backs, tight end, all 25 or more yards. So, um, you know, the running game, while it's important, especially, I think, um, uh, on the road uh, to, to make them honest, I don't know if Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, anybody else is going to need to have a 100-yard game to win this game. I think it's doing just enough to keep these guys honest. And then from there, it's uh, picking them apart through the air. And if Devontae Adams can t- can continue to build on last week i think that that's where we could potentially see quite a bit of success yeah uh, it's all circling back to protection up front absolutely and then can aaron be accurate throwing the ball down the field that's really what it's going to come down to uh, because yeah he can complete some short passes but i think this is a really difficult defense to be able to dink and dunk and get enough points up on the board because they're going to force you into some things uh eventually if you're trying to just piecemeal your way down the field so uh, that's that's to me what we what we're going to need to see is is aaron's going to have to have another uh accurate passing week and 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 see similar to what we saw last week against the seahawks and this offensive line just needs to give them just enough time uh, to throw that football. Yep, and third downs are going to be paramount importance once again this week, something that we struggled with a lot this year, but this past Sunday played really good football. Um, it's 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 just it's very fascinating to me, Wags, that I feel like last week is one of the more complete games that the Packers have played against some of the best opponents. They, ra- they, ra- they rose to the challenge, and now this week they have an opportunity to do that again, uh, but to do that they're probably going to have to play the best football they played all year to win this game yeah so let's talk special teams really quickly absolutely two of the best kickers in the league yep and jk scott's gonna have to be on point this this game that first outing uh he didn't have his best outing uh as well so uh, we'll have to punt the ball and uh, going back to the 97 nfc championship game craig hendrick you remember that name, folks. Number 17. <laughs> Pinned the 49ers inside their own 20-yard line five times. Oh. So, you know, I'm not rooting for J.K. Scott to be out there punting 10 times this week. That's probably not the recipe for success. However, when he is called to be out there and punt the ball, can he tilt the field a little bit and just get the, the offense that much closer so if the defense is able to make a stop, uh, then we can get a little better field position. And then we don't, instead of four first downs, three gets us into field goal range. Uh, every point and every field goal and every opportunity to score is going to be under a microscope. So uh, the little things that, uh, you know, uh, aren't necessarily taken for granted, but in the moment uh, you're not necessarily looking for, I think are going to be significant. And then on the other side, Tyler Irvin, he's your boy, Dane. 
love him. Can we get uh, a, a Desmond <laughs> Howard ask return <laughs> like back in the day? I hope so. I I I hope so, Wags. I I think that um, it, it, it's so funny. A team that has had a lot of continuity throughout the year on special teams because we've been you know as healthy as I can ever remember a Packer team. Um, that means that you don't have a lot of new fresh faces coming onto the special teams unit. The only real fresh new face that they have on the special team unit has been Tyler Irvin, who's been just an absolute um, revelation to bring this guy off the street. Every time he touched the ball, I go, this guy's electric. You know, he can do something special. He's got that way about him. So Wags, I don't know if he can or if he can't, uh, but I feel really confident with him back there, both as our kick returner and absolutely as our punt returner yeah and I, I think it's 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 interesting i i really think we can keep this 49ers offense in check let's not turn the ball over that's key right there too and if we're able to play some solid field position we don't have to play a perfect game but we do we do need to play a, a really good game um there's no doubt about that but if we're able to just execute in the little ways that's going to be what leads to that just a few big plays that can go in our favor or just a few big moments that we're in the right position at the right time uh, to come through and and execute and and, uh, hopefully put ourselves in a position to win this game wags i don't know how you feel um, but aaron Rodgers, what 36 years old now Got passed by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, that's well documented. He's had some trouble in NFC Championship games. This Packer team has has the one Super Bowl. Underdogs coming into this week. A lot of folks have questioned Aaron Rodgers throughout the season. Does it feel in some strange way like a lot of his career has been building to a moment like this? Yes, and I don't want to call my shot. So I'm gonna let you go first. On if we're are we ready for predictions? I think so. Unless you really want me to go, I had kind of a vision, Dane. Oh, you had, I, then I gotta <laughs> hear this. I gotta hear the vision, Wags. You want me to go first, or uh, you? Well, I don't know. What? Yeah, go ahead if you want. I, yeah. I, I'm preparing how to best articulate this. I I don't think this is going to be an easy football game. I don't think anybody does. I also don't think it's going to be some big shootout game. It has the feeling of an old school throwback, punch you in the mouth, throw you down kind of football game physical. I hope that the officiating crew keeps the flags in their pockets for this one and lets two of the more physical teams in the NFL just play ball and and try to outwill each other uh, to the biggest game of their lives. So with all that said... I think this game is going to be, uh, you know, twenty-one seventeen kind of football game, maybe twenty-four twenty-one, but I'm going to say twenty-one seventeen. I don't think Mason Crosby is going to have to swing the leg more than for three extra points. Um, I think that a lot like last week, Wags, you know, um, it's going to be really nail biter. But the difference between last week and this week is. When Aaron Rodgers gets the ball back in his hands with two and a half, three minutes left, he's not going to be trying to run out the clock. He's going to be trying to score a touchdown. I think he's going to go on a drive. I think he's going to put him away in San Francisco, and I think the Packers are going to the Super Bowl. 
That was my vision, Dan. <laughs> so I've got 23 to 20 wow. Packers. And I don't know if this game is tied. I don't know if they're down three. But Aaron Rodgers is going to have the football, and he's going to need to score some points in that last possession of the game. I'm going to add to my vision, uh, building on what you laid out there, Dan. I was actually, seriously, I, 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 it came to me, Devontae Adams is going to score a touchdown as, as time expires. I love it. And the Packers are going to the Super Bowl. Just throwing that out there. I love it. The Packers win this game, and they're going to the Super Bowl, folks. I don't know if anybody was ready to say that earlier this year. It just sounds so sweet coming out of my mouth. I am... I, I can't contain myself. I don't know how I'm going to work tomorrow. We're recording this on Thursday night. Uh, this is just, and, and I, I seriously had kind of this, you know, moment where I just was kind of visualizing how this game could unfold. And that's just kind of what came to me. So Wagstradamus, I don't know if it's going to happen, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, uh, my heart might stop momentarily mm-hmm. if it does. Uh, but uh, that that is what I uh, have out there. I'm putting it out there for consumption, and uh, now I've got to stand by it. So, uh, folks, that's my prediction. Packers 23, 49ers 20. We are advancing to the Super Bowl, um, and uh, that would be uh, – Dane, how sweet would that be if we're able to put a capper on that uh, this weekend in San Francisco? Wags, that would be – one of the highlights of my life as a Packer fan would be to see the Packers get to another one of these uh, under Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the opportunities are fleeting uh, because Father Time waits for no one. This is a real opportunity. This team feels different than some of the past teams that have been in this position. Um, there's a never say die attitude with these guys. They love being the underdog. It's very clear that they want to be the underdog and they got their wish. They are the underdog. But Aaron Rodgers even has taken on the personality of this a little bit. He feels a little grittier. He feels a little he's a little angry these days, but in in a very focused way. And I I I urge everyone to go to uh the Packers website of Aaron Rodgers walking off the field at Lambeau uh, last week. Uh as he's walking off, he's putting his uh, his finger in the air for one more and you can feel a focus in him right now. Um and I don't think that this team's going to be pressing on Sunday. I don't think that they're going to be trying, quote unquote, too hard. I think they're going to be going in there. They feel that the pressure's on San Francisco and that these guys are just going to go out there and play some backyard football. Yeah. And um, however you need to get it done, that's 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 the key right now. And, I, and Rogers has said that whatever it takes. Right. But I couldn't agree with you more, Dane. I really think we're set up for Aaron Rodgers to have a big moment uh, this week. Career-defining. Career-defining moment. I really, really think. I just feel it. Some way, somehow, may not come together exactly how I just predicted, but I just, just strongly feel in my gut that we're going to see a defining moment, and Aaron Rodgers is going to be a big part of that. 
And I think he wants the ball in his hands for that moment too. He's one of those guys. I think he does. Um, and, and folks, we have a, uh, our buddy Timmy here as well. And it's good luck because he's, uh, he he's predicted one of these games very closely in the Packers one. And since I'm superstitious, I think that we need to have him put a prediction in here again this week. Um, since he, we are one and zero with Timmy's predictions. Just as you guys said it, a close game, a little bit different than your predictions, but Packers 27 Niners 24. Ooh, I like it. I like it. So the Packers win a close one. Uh, and all three of us, I don't think any of us think uh, anything other than this game comes down to the wire. Yeah, I don't know why you would expect anything otherwise. And um, listen, I'm not going to predict that the Packers lose. So I have an all season. I'm not going to start now. <laughs> Let's do this, baby. Let's, Let's get to the this. Super Bowl. Let's we got the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl on the line. Come on. Uh, we're, we're homers uh, with a reason. So uh, let's get this done, right? Um Dane, any closing thoughts here? Wags, the next time we record a podcast, we are either going to be very happy or very sad. Um, I'm hoping that this isn't the last ride of the season. It's been so much fun for us to to get to this point. Uh, Coach LaFleur's first season has been nothing short of, of amazing. Uh, and I'm hopeful that the next time you hear our voice is because we're doing a recap uh, of the time that the Green Bay Packers decided to go into San Francisco, uh, uh, defeat the demons, pull them off their back, and head to the Super Bowl. Couldn't have said it any better. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.